Good evening and welcome to this evening's Upper Marion Township Board of Supervisors business meeting. It is now 7-13, March 9th, 2023, and um, please rise and join me for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I'd like to do roll call, starting with my right. Bill Jalloway. Tina Garzillo. Carol Kenny. Greg Wax. Tony Hamadate, Township Manager. John Walco from the Solicitor's Office. Leanna Calubriel, Township Engineer. I'd like to entertain a motion to accept the meeting minutes from February 2nd, 2023, which was a workshop, and February 9th, 2023, which was a business, business meeting. I'll make motion to accept the minutes. I'll second. A motion made by Supervisor Kenny, second by Supervisor Wax. All in favor? Aye. Thank you. It's four to zero. Uh, next item on the agenda is Chairman's comments. Um, I have just one, no, I have two comments to make. Um, the first one I'd like to announce is an initiative that will be starting next month. Um, we are going to be doing a monthly uh, staff appreciation or um, program highlight for our department heads. So uh, we'll be interviewing each of the department heads, let them uh, do a little, little blurb about their departments and what, what they're all about, and then we're gonna, we're gonna showcase either one of the, um, maybe one of the unsung heroes in the department that kind of goes under the radar that uh, people aren't really aware of, the job that they do. So we'll either spotlight an employee or we will spotlight um, a new program that's happening within a department that uh, we want to let the public know about. So our next uh, business meeting in April will be the launch of that and uh, department heads, get ready to get your little speeches ready, maybe a 30 second little, little speech about your departments and do some bragging. Um, the other item I wanted to mention is a mailer had gone out to our residents um, concerning single hauler trash and uh, recycling collection. I wanted to let residents know that this mailer did not come from the township, that this was a, a originated from one of the companies that is a, a, a hauler. So we have, um, we have opened up a site on our website for people to be able to uh, bring in their comments or concerns or what they're feeling about this. So you can go to a site that's uh, tinyurl.com uh, backslash umtownship. So it's t-i-n-y-u-r-l.com backslash umtownship. Um, so if you receive that mailer, you have questions about it, uh, we received a lot of phone calls and a lot of emails and concerns from residents. I think there was a misunderstanding about where the mailer was originally, where it was originated from, so I just wanted to let the residents know that we did not initiate that, we are not a part of all that, and we were as surprised as the residents were to receive that. And then now going into new business. Um, the first item on our uh, business agenda is one of those heartwarming kind of stories that we have a resident, a 13-year-old young lady that lives in the village of Sweden that had found out about uh, a hardship a family was facing 
They were displaced from their home temporarily because their utilities were shut off. It was nearing the holidays. They had no money for Christmas presents. Um, so it was a really a hardship case. So this young lady took it upon herself to, um, to uh, gather groups of people to assist her with uh, providing a, a Christmas for this family. Um, I have a, oh, where did I put that? Uh, so I'm, gonna have, uh, I'm going to have this young lady join me at the podium along with a representative from Sweden Firehouse. Um, so her name is Marley K. Conway. Again, she's a 13-year-old young, young woman um, that because of her efforts, she was able to help provide gifts for this family. They were able to um, provide food for them and just get them more stabilized. The family was able to return to their home and do the efforts of, of Marley. It made a huge impact on these, this family's life. So we have a proclamation that we've put together and I would like to have both um, Roy, Royce Keen from the Swedland uh, Firehouse and uh, Marley join me at the uh, podium. And they're welcome to say a few words that they like and if not, that's fine. Uh, the organizations that helped out with this effort with, through Marley are the Sweetland Firehouse, of course, that I mentioned, and also an organization that is the Race for Reason. And let me join them down at the podium. So this proclamation in honor of Marley reads, whereas we realize that the dedication to helping those in need in your community is a noble trait and one that should be recognized. And whereas Marley K. Conway, 13 years old, heard about a family struggling financially and wanted to do something to help. Marley reached out to the Sweetland Fire Company and asked for their assistance. And whereas, as a team, they took the reins to gather needed clothes, food, and Christmas gifts for a struggling family. Additionally, Sweetland Firehouse Station 56B and the Race for Reason provided items as well. Because of the efforts of Marley and others, this family was able to move back into their home and enjoy the Christmas holiday together. And now, therefore, be it proclaimed that the Board of Supervisors of Marion Township and all the citizens at large of this community hereby recognize Marley's dedication to help those in need. She is truly a special young lady and we wish to recognize her accomplishments and generosity, and also to help inspire the young generation to volunteer their time and effort. It truly takes a village, along with the motivation of someone special like Marley, to make a difference in the lives of others. Proclaimed this ninth day of March, 2023, by the Board of Supervisors of Upper Marion Township, attested by Anthony Hammaday, Township Manager, and Upper Marion Township Board of Supervisors, signed Tina Garzillo, Chairperson. Thank you, Marley. I don't know if you would like to say a few words or if you just wanted to be part of the picture taking. That's all. Just okay. Don's ready to go off. Oh, so this is one of the family members that was in need. Okay. And joining us here uh, for a picture moment is one of the um, young ladies who was helped by um, Marley's efforts.
Oh, she should. This? It's always nice when someone young like this takes the initiative and um, is willing to do something beneficial for their community. Thanks again, Morley. The next item on our agenda is a presentation by the Board of Community Assistance, and I believe David Karen will be making the presentation. Uh, thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to be here, and actually it's um, uh, coincidental that uh, we're talking about the Board of Community Assistance right after a community member made such an incredible contribution uh, to the life of the community. Um, I'm here um, uh, representing uh, our board, um, and I'm mainly here to encourage uh, organizations and people in the community to engage with uh, enhancing life and community in Upper Marion Township. That's our uh, sort of subtext. And um, the people on the BCA have been reviewing applications for now quite a few years, and we've been able to uh, fund many organizations doing uh, really uh, phenomenal, making phenomenal contributions to the community. Um, the appointed members are Brett, Brett Montique, um, Lydia Dan Sardinas, and me as the appointed members from the community. The Valley Forge Casino Resort representatives are Ron Bailey and Donna Hogan, and the Board of Supervisors uh, liaison is Greg Wax, and our staff liaison, uh, without whom we can't we could do we, without whom we can't do anything, is Jerry Vadimo. Um, uh, the, um, the Board of Community Assistance uh, um, encourages the community to uh, apply to um, the BCA with uh, community-focused um, uh, community um, uh, pro uh, programs, um, nonprofit and 501c organizations, um, propose projects or plans which directly impact the community and residents of, of Upper Marion Township. We also reach out to the high school and our students um, for um, community, um, uh, uh, community engagement uh, in various ways and college, college scholarships are made available to uh, those who do uh, community work. Uh, to date, the BCA has awarded over $1.5 million in grants. Um, this money comes from 
uh, an agreement uh, that was made between the township, uh, the state, and the BCA, uh, um, township of the state, and the Valley Forge Casino Resort when uh, the agreement to uh, locate the uh, casino here uh, was made. Um, this, um, uh, uh, the next th uh, few slides uh, details the number of applicants over the years from 2013 to last year. Um, the number of award recipients from 2013 to last year, and uh, the funds that were awarded and distributed. Um, as you can see, uh, we generally um, uh, distribute about $150,000 per year. It goes up a little or down a little uh, by year, but um, that's probably a decent, uh, decent average. Um, the application process, uh, uh, must include uh, a project description, how much your um, uh, project will cost, describe the organization, and who will benefit from these, um, from these projects. Um, if you go onto the uh, umtownship.org website and go to the uh, BCA Organizations tab, you will see this, um, uh, this PowerPoint, and you can also get access to the uh, application, um, uh, the applications that are there. Um, uh, essentially, all nonprofit uh, and or 501c township-based organizations uh, or organizations that benefit Upper Marion Township are eligible to apply. So if uh, your organization is outside the township, but is focused on helping our township residents, uh, you can apply. Organization awards range from one to $10,000, and all applicants are required to submit a year-end summary to the BCA by November 30th, and we uh, look to see that you've um, uh, done everything that you say you were gonna do and uh, that you have uh, expended the money uh, in a uh, responsible way. Um, the, uh, as I said before, the applications are available on the uh, township uh, website. Um, the, um, so um, one, we review uh, one set of applications from community organizations. We also review um, scholarship applications from high school seniors uh, who are Upper Marion residents. Uh, um, last month, uh, there was a meeting for interested students that um, the Upper Marion Area School District College and Career Counselor uh, hosted, and uh, our BC and the BCA made a presentation there. Um, we gave an overview to the um, uh, about the application and detailed what the characteristics of a successful scholarship application are. Um, uh, we really hope, uh, as we have in the past, to get uh, a great um, set of new scholarship uh, project proposals uh, so that uh, we will be able to make a real difference to the larger Upper Marion Township community. Um, the application asks for a lot of information, uh, everything from how you've done uh, in academics, what character and leadership activities you've been involved in, uh, what college and universities um, you've applied to or been a 
and or been accepted to and what your financial aid package is. Um, and we want to know about your community service um, in the past as well as what your community service project will be for this particular uh, application. Uh, we also ask for um, your uh, uh, honors or extracurricular activities in school, any special circumstances that are relevant to your application. Most important is your community service project plan. We do ask for transcripts, letter of recommendation, um, the acceptance letter, the financial aid cover letter, but the community service project plan um, we have had over the years some incredibly um, interesting uh, detailed projects that have uh, really helped the community uh, over the years. Everything from working, say, in McCaig um, uh, Nature Center to uh, working um, uh, with uh, different groups of um, uh, needy students, uh, working through the library, uh, a whole range of things that have been very uh, creative and beneficial to our uh, residents. Um, the community service requirements require that you submit a project plan uh, with a minimum of 15 community service hours and uh, that the number of hours is tied to uh, the amount of scholarship uh, that you would ultimately get if the project is approved. Um, if you've done a community service project in the past, that is not eligible as a scholarship project. Uh, the idea is to develop a project with sufficient rigor and quality to ensure that it'll bring value to a local nonprofit or to the community at large. Um, the uh, goal is to have you start around June 1st and have your work completed by November 30th of 2023. Um, the service project report um, and uh, uh, verification that you've actually done the work would be due at the end of November. Um, we do uh, um, uh, take very seriously uh, the, uh, your completion of the project and indeed the second half of the scholarship award will not be uh, issued until the student's project is completed, and that's uh, part of the uh, signed agreement when we give you the uh, scholarship. Um, uh, the forms are available, and as you can see, the um, uh, number of hours uh, that you are committing to your community service project uh, is associated with the award value, anywhere from $500 to $1,500 for 15 hours commitment, all the way to a possible seven dollars to $10,000 for a 50-hour commitment. We also have um, uh, uh, two special uh, scholarships, the Ronald G. Wagonman Scholarship uh, for up to $5,000, and multiples of those can be awarded. We also give out the General von Steuben Scholarship for $10,000. In general, our scholarships uh, range from 500 to 3,000, but as you saw on the previous slide, uh, uh, greater commitments of hours uh, can lead to uh, greater uh, scholarship awards. Um, <clears throat> all award recommendations will be made to the Board of Supervisors at the Thursday, May 11th 
uh, uh, Board of Supervisors meeting. Um, if you uh, uh, are, um, if you earn a scholarship or a, an award from the BCA, you do not have to be present. Uh, we will um, uh, announce your, uh, your award and we will send letters to all applicants uh, regarding their applications uh, status. Uh, the award recipients will be posted on the Upper Marion Township uh, website. Um, uh, to submit your application, uh, please do so at the Upper Marion Township building um, uh, right here, and the BCA liaison is Jerry Vadimo. And please go to the Board of Community Assistance tab uh, to, uh, for more information about the application process. Um, I'd be happy to take any questions from anyone, and I want to uh, emphasize uh, how important um, uh, some of these projects have been in our community uh, over the years. And I'm thrilled that the BCA and the township can partner with Valley Forge Casino Resort uh, to be able to provide these funds for such important projects. Thank you. Thank you for that presentation. And I wasn't sure if Supervisor Wax, being the BOS liaison, would like to make some comments. Uh, I would. Thank you, Madam Chair. And I'll be relatively brief. Uh, first, Mr. Karen, thank you for coming tonight and, and for the excellent presentation. I also want to point out that uh, Ms. Lydia Dan Sardinas from the BCA is also here present. Uh, sorry. Uh, I, I just want to make two or three points about the BCA. And I'll, like I said, I'll be brief. Uh, first, from my experience serving as liaison to the BCA, I do find that the BCA members really do bend over backwards to try to give uh, organizations and students, especially students, uh, scholarships and grants. So my advice would be to make it easy on the BCA. Um, read the rules, something I say every single year. Uh, specifically, make sure that everything the BCA is requesting as part of your application is submitted as part of your application. Two, be specific. I don't necessarily know if I was submitting an organizational grant, I would say I want you know, X amount of dollars for this. What I would probably do if I was submitting an organizational grant would be I want X amount of dollars and from that X amount of dollars, this thing here would help the project this way and this would allow us to purchase this which helps the project that way. In other words, provide itemized details and not just assume that Project X is going to cost a certain amount of money without necessarily doing the research. Um, and lastly, I also want to point out that in the past few weeks, the chair of the BCA, Brett Montique, has recorded a segment on community connections uh, where he talks about the BCA for about 20 minutes and provides some additional information. And for prospective applicants, I would encourage you to go to the township website and try to access the video. It is there. I have watched it. Mr. Karen, thank you so much. Ms. Dan Sardinas, thank you so much. And thanks to the other members of the BCA. Okay, can I say one uh, additional thing uh, related to your um, uh, suggestions? Um, if, by, if for some reason, as you are filling out the application, something doesn't appear to apply to you, 
please don't hesitate to reach out to one of the members of the committee who can guide you uh, as to how to respond to that particular uh, request on the application. And um, Brett in particular has been incredibly helpful in uh, bringing uh, new and better information uh, in those circumstances. Yep, and if, if I could, that is absolutely correct, and if I can add to that, there is nothing wrong with contacting a member of the BCA with questions or with advice. Um, perfectly acceptable, and in fact, it's probably a smart thing to do. Thank you once again. Before we go to the next item on the agenda, I had, um, I had forgotten to mention during roll call that Greg Phillips is away on business, so Supervisor Phillips isn't present this, this evening because of um, business matters, so I had forgotten to mention that. Um, the next item on our agenda is the KOP bid uh, Moore Road Multimodal Trail and Linear Park Concept Study, and I see Chris Basler coming to the podium. Uh, there was a there was a, um, a gathering this evening, a little informal gathering with some some boards to explain the project. So I hope that residents were able to take advantage of that. And then, um, in the recent past, there was a forum here in Freedom Hall that allowed uh, residents to come in and engage with the team to discuss and to make suggestions, etc. So thank you for being here this evening. Thank you. Um, Good evening, my name's Chris Bosler. I'm with the King of Prussia District, and thank you very much for the opportunity to present the next pedestrian improvement we propose in Moore Park, which is the Moore Road Multimodal Trail. Uh, I'm gonna be turning it over momentarily to Peter Simone with Simone Collins. Uh, his team prepared this report, and but before we do that, I just wanted to make a few comments. Uh, as you know, uh, connectivity is very important in King of Prussia. Uh, when residents, employees, and visitors uh, can walk from property to property, it promotes a sense of community, and also um, this community is felt way beyond the workplace and the home. It also supports healthy and sustainable transportation opportunities while creating in-person interaction and collaboration. Our first trail project um, is the Linear Park, which uh, as you know, uh, as many of you know, we've been partnering with Upper Marion Township on phase two of construction, which will be completed this spring. Uh, that will be stretching, that will, with connections from Top Golf as well as the connection that was installed by First Quality, that will create a continuous pathway from, all the way from North Gulf Road all the way to Allendale Road. Uh, but we're also moving beyond uh, just uh, Moore Park. So we have accepted proposals. Uh, in fact, today was the deadline uh, for an RFP uh, for Renaissance Park pedestrian gateway. So we'll be increasing, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the Renaissance Park Pedestrian Connectivity Study. So we'll be increasing pedestrian opportunities in Renaissance Park as well. Um, and beyond, uh, beyond that, we work with other organizations such as the Valley Forge Park Alliance and uh, DVRPC on pushing forward the North Gulf Road Trail. They conducted a, a very nice study uh, a few years ago, and we've created a team of organizations that are interested in pushing this forward that will connect Valley Forge Park, historic, Valley Forge National Historical Park, all the way down to the Chester Valley Trail along North Gulf Road. Uh, this is uh, some images uh, of the sections that we're proposing uh, to move that path forward. Also, uh, another partnership that we've uh, worked on uh, is, the, uh, is our 
continuing partnership with Monco, uh, the Montgomery County Planning Commission. They've applied, we've applied through them for a number of different grants through their 2040 uh, vision implementation program. And in honor of that, I would, I would like to promote their ribbon cutting ceremony, which will be taking place uh, this coming Monday uh, for the Chester Valley Trail Extension, which is a very important extension that connects uh, a lot of uh, areas between Norristown to the uh, Schuylkill River Trail all the way through uh, much of Chester Valley. With that, I'd like to turn it over to Peter Simone and he can uh, go over the proposed study uh, for the Moore Road Project. Hi, good evening, thanks for your time. Um, with me tonight is Anita Nardone, who's the project manager for this project, and also Randy Waltmeyer from Traffic Planning and Design, who is uh, one of our partners uh, on, on, on the project. I'm going to give you a very brief overview of, of what we did over the last several months. Uh, as the name implies, the Moore Road uh, project in, encompasses Moore Road, uh, and uh, uh, anticipating things are going to happen there in the in coming years, and, and also accommodating pedestrians and cyclists who, who, who go to the road now. I mean, if every time I've been there for the project and just driving through, our offices are in Narstown around the corner. So, um, you know, there are always people walking or riding there. Unfortunately, there are no sidewalks, um, which is the case with most older roads. Sidewalks just weren't thought of. Um, so our charge was to connect to the linear park on First Ave uh, and to provide a safe and inviting multi multimodal experience for the workers and residents and visitors who will frequent this roadway and the businesses and the residences uh, over the years. Um, Moore Road is the trail segments, the lower sort of rectangle you see there. But when we started the project, we realized, and the district realized that it would it'd be a good time to connect to the Schuylkill River Trail West. So part of the project also looked at extending north of the Moore Road corridor up, and how do we connect to the Schuylkill River Trail West, which has implications for connecting regionally. Um, with the coming uh, rail project in King of Prussia, and, and everyone knows the contracts for final engineering were just let, it's really going to uh, be a, a game-changing shift for multimodal transportation in both Upper Marion and the area. And also the other project that's going on is a Route 23 realignment being done uh, by PennDOT. Uh, that's probably about three years away from construction or maybe a little more. And uh, that, that this, this drawing just shows an early uh, engineering plan of how that uh, Mansell Mill and Route 23 intersection will work. Uh, regionally, um, your work in the township and the district work uh, and others are really starting to create a network. Here's our Moore Road connection and then the extension up to the Schuylkill River Trail West, which is here. Um, also, you know, the Gulf, uh, the North Gulf Road project is happening. Uh, this is the First Avenue Linear Park that's uh, uh, partially constructed and, and continuing to be constructed. Uh, your Crow Creek project is shown in the green here. Which is, a, is, which is a real important connection. And then also, on the other side of the river, we have the main branch of the Schuylkill River Trail, and then, as Chris mentioned, the connection to the Schuylkill, uh, excuse me, the Chester Valley Trail. So this is really becoming one of the hubs for trails in the region, and we think, as uh, trail advocates, uh, this is good for your economy and for your quality of life. 
So uh, during our project on Moore Road, we contacted the 12 different property owners. We actually met with 10 of them, either the owners or managers, to let them know about the project. Um, we visited the site often to understand the existing conditions, and it's, uh, there's some places where it's gonna be very easy to put the trail in, and other places it'll be more challenging. Um, and this is up at the Brandywine property right at the corner, corner of Moore and First Ave. The, the Brandywine property's on the right. They have a big green area that you can see here in plan view in the photo. And again, they're very excited about having the trail there. They look at this trail in Linear Park as a, as a really helpful amenity for the people who work uh, at their office. Uh, on the other side of the street where uh, the, the uh, First Ave rail station is planned, um, we've uh, shown the trail hugging the road, but then in order to make it handicap accessible, we've sort of gone uh, transverse to the, to the existing contours and to cr cross the creek. Um, this is just an artist's rendering of what that bridge might look like, and we'll be down here on the creek, and it's gonna be a very park-like setting. So we think it's gonna be, a, again, a nice amenity for people who use uh, the trail. On the other side of the, uh, of the street, of course, we have the Township Arboretum. Uh, our goal here is to hug the road as closely as possible to bring the trail through. And uh, uh, we've, we've had a cer certainly a lot of involvement from the Shade Tree Commission. And, and we think we're gonna improve conditions on the edge there by planting evergreens and things that maybe aren't there now that will really improve the aesthetic along the road. We also, in the report, if you have a chance to look at it, we have a number of cross sections that show uh, where the existing grade is, where we need retaining walls, how the proposed 10-foot wide trail will relate to the cartway. Uh, so we've really gone through almost preliminary engineering with the grading, and we have a very detailed plan uh, that shows how this will uh, move forward. Uh, at uh, the apartments, uh, we have places for uh, along here for little vest pocket parks or sitting areas that, again, the, the group from the apartments were very happy about that idea. As we move uh, further north, approaching uh, Route 23, Valley Forge Road, we've got some steeper grades, we've got some more challenging uh, places to bring the trail. We've made a suggestion for the uh, property on the northeast corner to move the driveway so it aligns with 9th Avenue to have a safer intersection. Uh, traffic planning and design has made some suggestions for some changes to lane configuration that we think will make better traffic flow and, and a safer uh, traffic flow. I won't get into those details, but they are in the report. Uh, and again, this is a couple of these conditions where we, we're gonna need retaining walls on both sides to get this trail in and keep it uh, to a handicap accessible uh, gradient. Uh, the, the cost estimate includes lighting and all the different things you might imagine uh, you need and some of the things you see going on on First Avenue right now. Uh, when we looked at the connection north from Moore Ave to the Schuylkill River Trail west, we looked at a number of options. One of the very exciting things we found out when we contacted Norfolk Southern, uh, they actually expressed interest in selling their right-of-way, which we think is a tremendous opportunity. Uh, we encourage the township to pursue that. We think that acquisition is gonna make a very good candidate for grant front funds from somebody like DCNR. Uh, so we think that's a great opportunity. It will increase connectivity uh, even more in the entire uh, Moore Park area. Um, so we looked at a number of options and the preferred one was C that you see on the board here going up to uh, cross Mansell Mill Road. 
Uh, this is a little closer plan view of that. Here's the Mansell Mill Crossing. And if you look at, look at that from a bird's eye view, here's the existing condition uh, with the realignment. The trail could come up, cross at a controlled intersection. There'll be a traffic light planned at Mansell Mill and then continue up north to the Schuylkill Valley Trail West. So again, a very nice off-road connection, very safe, very serviceable for all ages and abilities of uh, cyclists. And, and pedestrians. And again, here's that Norfolk Southern alignment that goes from uh, First Avenue all the way up. It actually extends south of First Avenue. Um, Norfolk Southern may be interested in, in selling that portion too. I can't imagine why they wouldn't be. So again, very good opportunity for um, not, not a ready-made trail, but one where you have the right-of-way. Certainly, uh, if this goes forward, uh, property owners here will want, you know, you want to talk to them uh, but we think, uh, again, most of the reaction we've gotten from most property owners on this project has been very, very positive. So that's a quick overview. Here is the uh, regional plan again, and uh, that's our presentation. So if you have any questions, we'd happy to try to answer them. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I think I've, I left the slide out. I'm sorry. Uh, cost, the, the, the bad news. Um, we, we did a very detailed cost estimate, uh, and if you get a chance to look at it, you'll see we, we get into some pretty good detail. And so uh, we broke it down into the west section uh, uh, of, the, of Moore Avenue, and then the east section. And in the east section, we put in the various intersection improvements that uh, we looked at with our partner TPD. So it's approximately a $7 million uh, project. We have the, the necessary contingencies in there. Uh, and again, um, uh, I, can, I can tell you that the funding environment right now is very rich. Um, we think uh, this project has a very good likelihood of moving forward and being fully funded. Uh, and, um, and, and again, I know the district's had some great success and I know the township has, so we're, we're pretty optimistic about uh, how this could move forward. Thank you, and I believe uh, Supervisor Wax has some comments or questions. Uh, more comments, really, more I comments. think, than questions. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. So I, I, the word I've used to describe in the past uh, projects that require a significant amount of capital funding is aspirational, so I will, I will use that word again with this project, although I, I think it is less aspirational than, say, the project that was presented a few years ago to enhance the township pool, because I do agree that there are funding possibilities available for this. Um, I, I want to briefly uh, talk about a few things you mentioned in the project, sometimes to provide a little bit of color. For example, you mentioned the North Gulf Road project, but you didn't really get into specifics. And I do want to discuss that because um, it, people may not be aware that uh, Valley Forge Park has received funding to build a trail from Valley Forge Park all the way down to the King of Prussia Town Center. Uh, this has been a long-term plan uh, and something that uh, they've been trying to get funding for for years, but uh, from everything I understand, and please correct me if I am wrong, uh, they have received um, funding from the federal government. Or maybe not. I'll, I'll jump in there and uh, I'll turn over to Randy Waltmeyer as well uh, from TPD since he was instrumental in the initial report. But our understanding is that the funding that they received as part of Route 23 realignment in that section only brings it down to 422. It doesn't, and actually okay. only to the 
uh, driveway for the park ranger station. Okay. So it doesn't extend beyond that point, which is what we've been, actually we met this morning or this afternoon to discuss how do we continue from that okay. point on? And we're working with the different parties. Okay. But Randy, so, so that is my mistake if I, if I misinterpreted the article. No, no, if I can, and Randy, you can jump in as well. Um, we've been in discussions with the park. They received some additional funding, and they have asked uh, to enter into a cooperative agreement with the Transportation Authority to do at least design from the ranger station, the end of what we'll call the Sullivan's Trail, the First Avenue. So uh, it looks like they're receiving about $200,000 of federal money. They're asking the Transportation Authority to actually do the design for that piece because the township does own a piece of the sidewalk right there at First Avenue on 422 South. Yeah. Yep. So the broader point I was going to make with all this is as valuable um, as I think this project is, it's even more valuable if that can connect all the way down to the King of Prussia Town Center. Uh, and I have actually walked from the King of Prussia Town Center area all the way up to Valley Forge, and it is a bit of a harrowing walk right now with very tight uh, places to pass and um, less than great crossings. But the ability to be able to walk safely or bike safely for those who want to uh, would be a real amenity for the township. Uh, secondly, as somebody who has walked Moore Road many, many, many times, um, in the hundreds, possibly in the thousands, because I live right there, uh, a sidewalk or sidewalks on Moore Road are long overdue because it is actually pretty dangerous. There is no place for pedestrians to go if they want to walk from Moore Road or walk on Moore Road other than in certain places to walk on the street. Some of those places have some sharp curves and you really are relying on cars to get out of the way or to, for you to be able to find a, a hiding or ducking place. So for that reason and that reason alone, because there are a good number of people who walk on Moore Road, um, this has value for that. Thirdly, uh, when I first learned that Norfolk Southern might be interested in uh, selling their spurs, uh, I thought great, fantastic, and I, I still believe that. Um, let's just say I will believe it when I see it, um, but I hope that what you are hearing is accurate. And I don't want to spend too much time discussing the actual specifics because, once again, this is still aspirational, and I don't want to um, fuss too much over the nitty-gritty. But I was very pleased to see this and hear this, and uh, hopefully this or a version of this uh, comes to fruition you know, sooner rather than later. Thank you for your time in the presentation. And I believe Supervisor Kenny has some comments or questions as well. Yes, thank you. Uh, I have both. Uh, a few questions. Um, I'm happy to see trails in the township. I'm happy to see the connectivity throughout the region. So that's number one. Uh, so the rest of my questions don't take as criticisms, but just wanna uh, talk about some things that we I would like to see, and I think probably my colleagues as well. Um, one question, um, I know you're talking about two different trails, and some people have questioned why two, why on both sides of the street? My specific question is, the western side of Moore Road, where does that trail, where, where would that road end? At 23? And where would people go from there? Uh, the east side, I understand. It, it's going to connect with the Schuylkill River Trail. 
Yeah, at the. But what about the western side of the Moore Road? I'm I'm not hitting a clicker. I don't know who is. Oh, okay. Uh, I can't give you a number, Tony, but it's oh. maybe one more forward or go forward, please. Yes, sir. Keep no, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. There you go. There you go. Right there. So. Uh, uh, at that point, uh, a pedestrian or a cyclist could cross Route 23 over to the towers. They could cross to the east side. So we've suggested there a four-leg intersection, four-leg pedestrian crossing. And the other thing is, uh, during this project, we, our team did meet with PennDOT, and they are going to propose, as part of the Route 23 project, the sidewalk all the way from Mansell Mill up to the towers. So we think that's a, a good improvement also. Thank you. Um, the east side of the trail makes more sense to me just because of the connectivity with the other trails. Um, and when I was discussing earlier um, with Ms. Um, Nardone, she was very helpful in explaining why both sides of Moore Road. Um, I have a few concerns about the eastern side, though, because it uh, goes along the area that's owned by the township, the Moore Irwin House, and the Arboretum that's there. And one thing that we like about where that location is is that it is buffered so much, so well, by all the trees that are there. They're buffered from the traffic on Moore Road. Now, I know you'll, I drove by there again just this afternoon to get, to refresh my memory. Um, there, are a lot of trees because you need a 20, 19 or 20 foot wide uh, expanse for the trail, correct? The, the trail is 10 feet. Uh, we need right. a two foot verge on each side. Right. And um, we need a little bit of room for grading. So uh, it probably would come down to an area disturbance of about 20 feet. Okay. So that means there are trees that are much closer to the road now, currently, than 20 feet. So, and they're older trees. They're not all wonderful, beautiful trees. Some of them are, you know, kind of dead or falling down. But the concern is that the trees that are there still do provide a buffer to the arboretum. And for my, I'm now, I'm now officially um, a nudge because I became a tree tender a couple of months ago. I took those courses and um, I cared about trees and buffers before that, but I know a little bit more now. So um, one thing that we would, I would like to see is if you do the eastern trail, I'd like to see a buffer, not just of a few evergreens here and there, but like an entire screen of evergreens. And the more the better, if you could make them um, Two, two lines of evergreens so that, you know, I've seen a lot of trees in other places where developers have put trees and then you see half of them die off and it doesn't, it doesn't create the, the vision that you had in the first place. Um, canopy trees would be good along the trail itself to provide shade for anyone who's walking along there. So I would like, I hope you would include those kinds of trees as well. Um, and then I have 
me see, a whole bunch of things. Um, will there be benches along the trail, along Moore Road? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Any idea how many or where? I, I can't tell you that? offhand how many are in the report. Um, we, I know we have uh, at least 150 new trees along Moore Road. And at our meeting last week uh, with the community, uh, same concern came up. And I think uh, my comment was, I'm sure we want to plant lots of evergreens mm -hmm. because right now you have mostly deciduous trees, right. you know, and you don't get a lot of buffering. And right. your understory is in, it's been in better condition, let me put it that way, because of deer and invasives. And, and also, as you mentioned, uh, if you look at your, your uh, Arboretum report, there are a lot of inferior trees in the Arboretum, mm -hmm. and they're mostly along the road. So mm -hmm. our, our, our expectation and our goal is to make the condition better than it is today. Certainly when we put new evergreens in, you know, they can only be six, eight, 10 feet tall, but in 15 or 20 years, and you have to look at every tree you plant as a, as a lifetime project, mm -hmm. um, we think the condition will be much improved. Okay, all right, thank you. Um, so, oh, still with the trees, can you please avoid removing any unnecessary trees? Just remove the well, ones that just, are just as necessary a matter of, to just, do this. Just as a matter of cost, we don't want to take down any more trees than it's absolutely necessary okay. because it adds to the cost. Sure, okay. Um, one recommendation that I have, I'm not on the Shade Tree Commission, but um, I am friends with people on the Shade Tree Commission. And one recommendation they have is to use updated construction techniques to, to preserve tree roots and use those techniques possibly as a demonstration. Um, anything that we can do to educate the public as well about trees and uh, what they do for us and how to care for them would be, would be definitely a positive. Yeah, great, absolutely, great idea. Okay. Um, do you know, uh, it sounds like from my discussion a little bit earlier with Ms. Nardone, that this is unsurprisingly an area of karst and that it would not be, it's therefore prone to, um, to problems, yep. I'll put it mildly, because it, that, that's what she mentioned to me in response to my question about possibly having a pervious pathway instead of impervious. Um, yeah, yeah um, and we've, we've, we've done work, in, we've done a good amount of work in the Great Valley, which is all karst prone. Mm -hmm. um, the good thing about this project in terms of construction, most of the trail, it's very superficial excavation. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, whether or not we use pervious paving or not, really depends on the stormwater management that's mm -hmm. necessitated uh, by this trail and also the characteristics of the soil. When you're in a karst geology, sometimes it's better not to percolate water into the ground because right. then you right. can create sinkholes. So, so We've seen that in yeah, a, yeah, on I've, Flint Hill Road. Sure. We've seen that in a yep. parking lot. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so when, they, when this project gets to final engineering, Mm -hmm. uh, our required stormwater management plan will look at that. Okay. And uh, also, my, my guess is that if we don't have a geotechnical engineer on, on site, we'll have one on call. Because uh, I know you've had exper bad experiences in the township with, with sinkholes. And the key is uh, once uh, one develops, you've got to act quickly. So um, I, w I would think that would be a requirement of the project. Okay. Um... 
what will you, oh, okay, so you haven't done any stormwater uh, planning yet. Uh, there is a wall, actually two walls that were actually the, they formed the right there. Uh, driveway. They were the entryway to the, to the Moore Irwin house years yeah. ago. It's now, it's no longer a driveway, but there's a curb there. Um, that looks like it's those walls, that entryway, it looks like that would be within 20 feet of the curb. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Yes. Yes. So what would be the plan for that wall? We, and do you know if there's any historical significance to that? We, we talked to the township and the Shade Tree Commission early on in the project about that. And there were two options. One is uh, behind the walls, immediately behind the walls, there are no trees. So we could run the, the pathway behind the walls okay. and it would be, would be fine with that if that's acceptable to the township. Okay. Uh, if that's not acceptable to the township, we need to run the path in front of the walls. And to do that, to get the necessary width and the safety requirements dictated by PennDOT and all the other engineering organizations, we would have to move the walls. One of the walls, by the way, is, as you know, is located on the bank property. So there are two options there. We're happy, we're happy to do either. We can either run the trail behind the walls and leave them as they are, or put it in front. Um, I haven't done a structural evaluation of the walls, but they're not in great shape. Mm -hmm. um, it may be better to uh, carefully demolish the walls and build them back into pristine condition with the stone that's there. So that's really a decision. We're happy to do either. It's really a decision for the township. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, when you talk, you showed some existing sidewalks on the east side specifically. What will you do with the existing sidewalks? Will you ignore, just let them connect to the new trail, or would you? Uh, there, there may be some existing at the apartments. Mm -hmm. um, and and I may, think further down as well. Maybe a couple other places, no. um, but oh, you know I think it's just the I... apartments. Okay, just the apartments. Yeah, so. so do um, you mess we, with that sidewalk? Or yeah, no? we would replace that because again, this is, we're, what we're proposing is a multimodal trail. Mm -hmm. The required minimum width of the, is 10 feet, and we have to have two feet clear on either side. So we would replace that sidewalk with a wider trail. Okay. So it accommodates more people and passing, and you can safely pass on that trail. Okay. Thank you. Um, I think, well, one other... One other comment, again, from uh, someone on the Shade Tree Commission. Um, could you also include in your plan the possibility of researching and implementing techniques to pre preserve trees near, that are near sidewalks? Uh, that's a specific challenge um, with trees that, are, that may be left near sidewalks. And if you could do so, could you also include that as an educational demonstration as part of the trail? Uh, to answer the second question first, yes. I mean, I think it's always great to have interpretive signage mm -hmm. as part of a project like this. Uh, it also can help you with your MS4 permit because public education about stormwater management is part exactly. of your requirement on your yep. MS4. Uh, the first part of your question is, if we're gonna impact a tree, uh, and we may bring in an arborist if we have a question, um, we're, we're gonna pretty much know if we're gonna impact the tree and if it can remain. We, what we don't wanna do is leave a tree that we know uh, a year after the construction is finished, it'll die. Mm -hmm. um, trees are renewable resources. 
and we don't take lightly taking down a tree, uh, but there are gonna be, have to be some trees here that get taken down if we're gonna have a safe trail. We also have some utility pole relocations that we have to do. I think they're mainly on the, on the uh, west side. So okay. when we get to final engineering, we, will, we try to look at that very carefully, uh, but I think the idea of education about saving trees and, and mm -hmm. being cognizant of how, how we all affect them with what we do with construction projects is a good one. Okay, thank you. Um, I think my last, oh, I had one other comment or question. Um, well, I'll come back to it if there was something else and I'm, I'll come back to it. Bill. Okay. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. One, one comment and one question. Uh, comment is, uh, I think it's a great idea. I'm looking forward to the next step in this. Uh, understandably, there are some challenges there, and that leads me to my question. You discussed the wall, as, as Mrs. Kenny uh, referred to it, and then you made the comment that you don't know about the total stability of the wall. So what's the engineering assessment plan regarding the wall? Well, we, we can have a structural engineer look at it when we get that point, or, or probably even better, we get a really good mason to look at it. Um, so uh, if, again, it depends on where the township wants the trail. We don't have to touch the wall if you want to put the trail behind it. If you don't want to put the trail behind it, then we need to put the trail near the curb and we need to relocate the walls. We've done um, a project, and I'll give you an example, uh, Arcadia University. Uh, we did their new entry about 15 years ago. They had a beautiful stone wall that went along Eastern Road. Um, it really wasn't in great shape and it wasn't up to modern standards and we reused that stone to create something different for their historic graystone um, administration building. So, you know, th there's a whole range of possibilities that we haven't explored yet. I understood, but here's, here's the reason for my comment. You identified that there are some stability issues there. So, so the foreseeability that a potential accident would occur has now been identified and we have to identify what we're going to do to either remedy that mm -hmm. as long as it remains there and either reinforce it or take it down, uh, one or the other. Mm -hmm. So that's the question for there has to be an engineering assessment of that well, as this process It's township on. property. Um, so, I mean, I'm certain the district would work with you if you wanted the district to try to look at that. But, you know, this project construction-wise is at least three years away probably under the best circumstances. I, I mean, I don't think the wall's gonna like fall over anybody, but if you're concerned with that, maybe it's something we need to look at. I'm concerned when people start to walk on the trail mm. or and ride a bike on a trail or ride a moped on the trail or something. There's, there's, there's no trail the right now, sir. Climb on the wall. Or climb on the wall, yeah, our kids <laughs> climb on the wall. So there are all kinds of things that happen once people get on the trail. But I, I raised the question, you answered it, so we're good. And also, just to point out, um, so this is advanced schematics for this proposed trail. Uh, like uh, uh, Pete was mentioning, there is no, certainly no trail there right now, but uh, this is something that we would be moving into the next phase, which would be uh, engineering and, and design, uh, where we would be where we are recording these uh, sensitivities that we need to bring up as we go through that process in the next phase. And, and we're looking at applying for grants for that design phase um, in the uh, coming month. I'm sure there will be others, but that's the one. Thank you.
And I believe Supervisor Kenny has okay. additional. Yeah, I, I remembered, and I have a couple other questions. Um, Mr. Hamaday or anyone else, does anyone know how old that wall is where it was at the entrance, the former entrance to the Moore Irwin property? No, but we could find out okay. based on some of the documents that we do have. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. And speaking of... Um, the MS4 requirements, if you could possibly keep in mind the uh, including rain gardens somewhere along there as part of your stormwater plans um, and helping with MS4 requirements, that would be great on either side or both sides, wherever it might be feasible. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's easier sometimes to get trail and park money than it is to get MS. There is no MS4 money. It's township money. Tell me about um, it. So, um, but, but keep in mind, these are um, private properties for mm -hmm. the most part along the road. Mm -hmm. And so part of the, the district's charge is to start talking to property owners to obtain easements for mm -hmm. uh, the, tr the trail. Uh, there may be places we identify down the road which will be ideal locations because of topography and gradient and those types of things where those rain gardens should go. So I think it's something to keep in mind for the district to uh, uh, where, we, where we see those opportunities now to alert those property owners that uh, the, the, the district and or the township may be interested in looking for an easement for that type of a, a BMP. Well, the township owns some of that land, so that would be a no-brainer. If, if that's applicable, if that would be a good site for a rain garden. No? Well, you just own the arboretumers or other land? On the arboretum side. Well, yeah. again, uh, yeah. uh, trying to be sensitive to the arboretum, we don't want to do any, I mean, if, you, if you'd if you like us to put a BMP in the arboretum, we'd be ha probably happy to do that, but it's going to require taking down some trees. <laughs> so you But you're doing that anyway. I, I guess my point is... So. To, to take down the tr uh, uh, some trees, hopefully as few as possible, mm -hmm. to get a trail in is one level. To do something for a rain garden or a BMP may be a, a, a level that's two or three times, and, okay. and I'm not sure you want us to do that. But if you do, I'm sure we can talk about that as this project moves forward. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Thank you. My last question, the one that I forgot about. Um, on the west side, I didn't notice this on the east side, but on the west side of Moore Road, there's at least one, maybe more fire hydrants. What happens, where do you, how does that work into your plan with the trail? Yeah, my best recollection is we don't have to move a fire hydrant. So we've been able to avoid all of those locations with construction. So you would go around on the inside? I, I can't tell you for inside or outside. My guess is we're probably if the fire hydrant's right near the curb, we're away from that. Yeah, the so we're, we're probably in, away from the road with the trail and okay. construction. Okay, Because that's, that's very costly too, so we really tried to avoid that. Okay. Thank you for all the good questions. All right, thank you. All right, and I have just, uh, most of my questions were answered, but I do have a, just a, a couple more. Um, one of the questions that I have with the um, area of disturbance being 20 feet, I'm, I'm wondering if by the Arboretum area if, just because we want to preserve that sanctuary that we have in the township, if that area could have a narrow, narrower, um, maybe sidewalk or smaller trail. And um, I was wondering if that uh, the requirement for the, uh, the multimodal trail, does that apply to both sides? Do both sides have to be under the requirements or can one side be 
the 20-foot um, area of disturbance and the other side can be narrower? Um, any, anything's possible, but what we're trying to do is make the safest multimodal trail possible, which includes requiring people to cross Moore Avenue as seldomly as possible. Um, uh, Supervisor Wax mentioned this, this plan's a little bit aspirational, and we, we hope it can all be built, but it's certainly a possibility that because of funding or other factors, we might only be able to build a trail on one side. Uh, but the, the, the aspirational or ideal way to go is to have a trail on both sides because potentially um, when rail service comes in or even without rail service, there'll be a lot of people using this trail. So one of the things that's happening right now, and I, I apologize for digressing a little bit, there's a movement called Vision Zero, which your MPO, the DVRPC Planning Commission, is doing a safety plan now to put you and all the municipalities in this MPO under a Vision Zero uh, ability, which means Vision Zero means a goal of zero fatalities and zero uh, serious accidents. And it's a way many municipalities are moving, um, and, and this is, is a way to move in that direction, to have bike and pedestrian connections where you're interacting with automobiles as seldomly as possible so that you minimize the even uh, uh, ability to have one of those accidents. So that's why basically we're doing it because of safety. Um, there are provisions when you get federal funding that you can go down to eight feet sometimes for a multimodal trail, but you have to have a very good reason. So it's also going to be dependent on the funding that we get. Uh, there may be instances that we don't know right now where we have to go from 10 to 8, but we, 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 we really don't want to go less than 8 feet because then it becomes less safe of a trail. So, the, and those are all based on safety guidelines. I would think in that area, if we could reduce it, I think that that would be appreciated. Yeah, and, and yeah. Just Randy Walt tomorrow with TPD, and I've kind of had the luxury of being the fly on the wall up to this point, but realizing Peter and our, our scope here has been to just get the aspiration down on paper. Many of the comments you've raised, I think, are very valid ones that the next project that neither TBD or, or Simone Collins has scoped to do needs to take all of what the, whoops, sorry, all the comments that have been made of minimize the disturbance by the arboretum, be careful around the wall, all of which we can document tonight, but in fairness, we don't have the answers to because they have to be fleshed out in the subsequent design. To your concern about, they're, they're, and that engineer, whoever gets that project in the future, could be tasked to give you, give us the, how to get a 10-foot trail on the west side of, the, of Moore Road, east side of Moore Road, excuse me, and also maybe give you an alternative, just give me a sidewalk, and then, when in that final design phase, you, the township, the residents, the arboretum, can all see which should the, what those benefits are. A lot of that is a year or two out once we're in the final design, but I think tonight's goal would be generally saying it's a good idea in principle, aspirationally, more details to come. This won't be the last public meeting where an engineer will come back to you with finer details where you'll know exactly which trees are in, which trees are not, how's the wall taken care of. I think tonight's goal would be, let's get all this down so we remember what the engineer's marching orders are for the future, make sure that's not forgotten and addressed, and 
through a continued series of public meetings, then move that and refine it towards the finish line. I can appreciate that. I think philosophically we're at the point, though, that, that us giving the input, that this is the first time that's being presented to us in this way, and I think that uh, yeah. that's why you're getting the comments and questions that we have, and, and of course there will be additional yeah. um, public meetings about this, but um, I, think I, I think it will help guide the planning going forward based on our input. So yeah. I do appreciate what you said, yeah. but... And I would, don't want to speak for Anita Simone, but I think we'll be documenting tonight's concerns and making sure they're in the report as an addendum or otherwise, make sure they're documented and heard, and whichever engineer gets this project in down the road would have that list of concerns to make sure that as it moves into design, they're properly addressed. Okay, thank you. And a uh, question that this is, I don't even know if this is even possible, but I was wondering, this is on, under um, SALDA or land development or anything, but I was just wondering about um, being able to uh, to uh, do a replacement of the trees, that'll be taken down. If there's any consideration of that with this project. Absolutely. Um, uh, we, we, to be honest with you, we haven't looked at your tree replacement ordinance, so we have to follow that. And my guess is we'll probably exceed that, uh, especially in the Arboretum property. And then I would like to make just a general comment about the wall, that we as a township probably would not address the issues with that wall, that there's not that much activity, um, pedestrians aren't walking around that area. So I would posture that I would think that with the trail going in, that that would be part of the trail project, not the responsibility of the township. No, abs absolutely. I didn't mean to say it would be the township's responsibility. It's just that there's no construction probably for three years. Um, we, we, we don't, the district doesn't own the wall. The township does and the bank does. So um, I, I don't think it's at the point of falling over. Uh, I'll go by there again, see if I can push any stones off. If I, if I do, I'll give you a call. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> you break it, you buy it. <laughs> I can sell the stone. It's good. And sell the stone. Um, okay. Some additional questions? I have a couple more questions. You're not off the hook yet. You mentioned that this would be about a three-year three-year project. Um, so your estimates for seven million would be in today's dollars. Um, I assume you're thinking about inflation and that that amount would increase in somewhere the next three years. Yeah, we we um, we generally work for municipalities, counties. So you know these are all public projects, and we try to be conservative, meaning. Um, the cost, we, I think we have a 10% contingency. We have all kinds of contingencies in here, and we try to be very conservative. Certainly, um, you know, prices are likely to go up in three years. We don't know what that increase is going to be exactly. So, uh, yeah, and it's, yes, to answer your question, when you go to bid it, there'll be a new cost estimate. The grants need to take that into account, yes. Okay, all right, thanks. And lastly, maybe, um, what I, I've been asked by uh, a resident, what is the slope from 9th Avenue to 23 to Valley Forge Road? Um, and is it in the Ashto standard? And I assume that since this is supposed to be um, accessible for everyone, um, that this is a concern? Yes. In terms of the, the slope? The short answer is yes. The yes. long answer is... Okay. Um, uh, the Federal Highway Administration allows up to an 8% grade for 200 feet okay. before you do a landing. We've tried to keep most of the trail at 5% or less. 
There are a few sections where we have an 8% grade for 200 feet just because it's so steep, but that is accessible. And where is that section? I, I can't tell you exactly, but it's right where you spoke. It's right sort Near of- Ninth Avenue. So, sort of, it's beyond Ninth Avenue, probably halfway from Ninth Avenue when you go up the hill there to 23. Right. It's that last little section. And I can okay. see Supervisor Wax nodding his head because he's walked up that hill many times. And that would be true on both sides, correct? It's actually, uh, yeah. it's actually um, a harder walk, in my opinion, or bike, in my opinion, um, if you're going up on the side that is closer to Valley Forge Park, also because it's on an embankment. West. Right. So, uh, but it is a significant grade on, on, for a very short distance on both sides. Yes, and if you can look at these, um, the, other, the other advantage that we have, I guess I went too far, but some of the cross sections, we, we have to put this trail between two retaining walls, like where that basin is. So that gives us the ability to control the grades even more. Okay, and how about the grade from Moore to Mansell Mill Road? Yeah, again, um, we're, our, our proposed alignment there's two, two alignments. One is straight up the, the mm -hmm. hill. That's actually a little less steep than on the west side. Mm -hmm. And then the other proposed uh, alignment over to Mansell Mill is sort of on a bench around what might be an, the Amazon property if they actually follow through with that at the mm -hmm. corner there. Um, and that's pretty flat going around there. And again, we have to meet all those grades. Okay. It is not a, it's not a choice. Okay. Thank you. I have a question from um, from someone that's watching the meeting, and I don't really understand the question, so I'll read it verbatim. Um, can they explain why both sides of Moore Road for people in audience understanding why? Yeah, I, I, I think, I th yeah, it's why, why do we have a trail on both sides? And I think we, somebody asked that question earlier, and because it's an issue of safety. Um, we anticipate a pretty high usership in future years of this trail system. Um, if rail happens, it's even going to be higher. Um, so uh, the, the fewer times a pedestrian or a cyclist has to cross more road, the better. And it's really an issue of safety. Um, and again, the other caveat is if we don't get all the funding we think we can get, we may end up only building on one side. but it would be better to have it safer. You had, you had asked questions related to that. Okay. Um, I, have, I have one additional comment to make before I open it up to the public. And the, um, the uh, Chester Valley Trail ribbon cutting was mentioned, and I just wanted to give some additional details for the, anyone in the public that would like to attend that. So the date again is March 13th from 11 to 12 o'clock, and if you would like to attend the ribbon cutting, it will be behind where the Plaza Azteca and the Pendot building are in that, um, that parking area is where you can park off of Bill Smith Boulevard. So anyone in the public that would like to attend, again, it's uh, March 13th from 11 to 12 off of uh, Bill Smith Boulevard. Boulevard. And now uh, I will entertain comments and questions from the public. I see a hand raised. Um, if you'd like to come forward, introduce yourself and... Hi, my name is Pat Jordan. I'm a member of the Upper Marion Township Historical Commission. And my question is 
it's not real specific, but since we've learned so much more, I went on Thursday to the linear trail meeting, and since you've asked so many really interesting questions, I just am wondering whether or not the uh, Board of Supervisors at this point has anything, um, any more information uh, forthcoming regarding the Muhlenberg Moore Irwin House and how it will be impacted by the linear trail. Uh, that the the property itself, the house that exists, isn't uh, part of the discussion with this. That um, we're not really entertaining that as far as this no. the scope of this project. That's a, that's a totally separate issue, so it's not really under consideration. All right. That's, I thought maybe tonight we would learn a little bit more in that direction because you can imagine as a member of the Historical Commission, that would be one of our major concerns. But thank you. Absolutely, sure. Thank you. Anyone else from the public? Uh, please come forward and introduce yourself. Hi, Vivian Pekin. Um, just here as an interested person in the community. Um, I don't know whether this should be directed toward the board or um, the bid, but <clears throat> I was wondering if there would be a commitment to jobs being uh, coming from members of the community um, on this project, um, a commitment. Um, that would be whether they were landscapers, architects, engineers, whatever. Um, is that within anybody's scope? Are you asking if we will be using local contractors? Correct. Is that the question? Yes. Um, it, a, I'm not sure if project, it, we're even so, at that point to consider but, that, but. Yep. Well, the, the project would, since it's using public funds, the project would have to be bid. So anybody um, in local contractors would be able to bid on the project. Yeah. So that is a possibility. Would it be, um, would it be possible <laughs> to? incorporate in the grant that there would be a commitment to um, local residents of Upper Marion. Yeah. Um, the reason I ask is because the grant is in the name of Upper Marion. So, it, I, and I don't know about that part of the law. Yeah, so the township would, since would have to follow competitive bidding procedures, so we couldn't say that the bid would be limited to Upper Marion contractors or Upper Marion businesses. So it has to be a competitive bid. So, but they would be w able to bid on that. But the board couldn't, uh, in any bid document, say that it's just limited to okay. Upper Marion contractors. So there couldn't yeah. be a preference either. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, unless I, there was a part of the project that could be awarded by either telephonic quotes or if it's uh, under the bidding threshold, that could be awarded to uh, someone individually. Um, but uh, most of the project will have to be competitively bid. All right. Thank you for the education. <laughs> Anyone else from the public that would like to um, come to the podium? Anything else from... Uh -huh. Just one last thing. Thank you very much. Uh, on behalf of uh, King of Prussia District and our president and CEO, Eric Goldstein, uh, thank you very much for allowing us to present this to you. Uh, also, for the members of the public that are here, we do have some sign-in sheets over on the uh, counter space over there. If they would like to sign in and give us their email address, we will 
we will send out copies of this slide presentation as well as a link to the report itself so that and, and add them to a contact list for future updates. Can you also specify how um, the public that may be watching and not in the audience could access that information? Sure. Uh, probably the easiest way is to email me would be, and I can send them the, that same information. It's chris, C-H-R-I-S, at kopbid.com. And there it is. Nope, I don't have my email there. So chris at kopbid.com. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. The next item on our agenda is a public hearing for an ordinance amending Chapter 77, Emergency Services, to modify the billing procedure for third-party billing, user fee distribution, and uncollectible accounts. And I will turn this over to our solicitor, Mr. Walco. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, to begin this hearing, I'll have three exhibits for the Board's consideration. The first, Board Exhibit 1, is the ordinance itself. Board Exhibit 2 is the proof of publication of tonight's hearing on this ordinance in the Times-Herald, which was published on February 28, 2023. Board Exhibit 3 will be the proof of submission of this ordinance to the Montgomery County Law Library for public inspection, which was submitted on February 20, 2023. Um, and with that, I'll turn it over to, I believe, Mr. Genoway, who would like to provide a additional background on, on the purpose and, and needs and changes of this ordinance. Thank you, Mr. Walco. Mr. Hamday, your light's on. No, it, 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 you, you can let me know if you want me to start off, or do you want to run with it? No, I think I can run okay, with good. it. Okay, good. Since I originated this ordinance back about 15 years ago, I think I know where it came from and where it was headed. But approximately 15 years ago, we instituted this ordinance for the specific reason that more and more accidents were occurring on the various interstate highways in Upper Marion Township and costs were being incurred by our public safety units that were really, unfortunately, becoming very expensive. So when a vehicle has an accident, then we have to do various activities there. Uh, each one of those tasks, whether it's putting down oil dry or uh, extricating someone from a vehicle, there are costs associated with that. And most insurance companies actually provide fees, service fees, but you have to bill the insurance companies. So we started this practice about 15 years ago. And of course, as everything uh, transpires, changes to current procedures. And as a result, we have to change our procedure to become accommodating to the current requirements that insurance carriers have. And as a result, this uh, had to be modified somewhat. Uh, we do experience an unusual number of incidents uh, on the roadway, which is, the, again, the primary reason for this, and that's because of the volume of traffic. Uh, Post-COVID uh, normalcy, I guess is the best way to call this, is getting us back to where we were uh, back in, in 2018, meaning there are a lot of vehicles crossing the township. Each time there is an accident, and there were four yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, that required the services of our public safety agencies, each one resulted in the use of various products to help preserve the safety of the roadway. Each one of those can now be built. It could be built, but now we have to do things a little bit differently in format. Secondly, we were doing this on our own. The costs of having staff do this became 
relatively high, and as a result, we found that it's cheaper to use a third-party service, which is the second reason for modification of the policy. Uh, the third is that you may say, well, I'm a resident. If I have a fire, am I going to get billed? Depending on the nature of the problem, an invoice might be sent to your insurance carrier. Uh, however, there is no intent here to what we call balance bill, or if the insurance company doesn't pay everything, there's no intent here to uh, go and, and access the funds of any resident of Upper Marion Township. Uh, the majority of these events actually do occur to non-Upper Marion residents or businesses. Uh, so with that, I think I've covered it all, Mr. Hamaday, unless you think I missed something. Okay. And with that explanation, um, turning it to the public to see if there's any public comment on this ordinance. Hearing and seeing none, I'll turn it back to the board to see if the board has any comments or questions. Hearing and seeing none, we will close this hearing on the ordinance and uh, adjourn back to a public meeting where this ordinance is now in a position to be voted upon by this board. Can I Most. entertain a motion um, for this? Uh, for this uh, public hearing, no, for this ordinance, I'm, I apologize, for this ordinance. Madam Chair, I will make the uh, motion to approve this ordinance. And I'll second it. Okay. Motion made by, by Vice Chair Genoway, seconded by Supervisor Wax. Um, any uh, additional comments? Anything from the public concerning this? Hearing and seeing none, we're in a position to take a vote. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Passes four to zero. The next item on our agenda, item E, a conditional use application decision for Royal Garden LP, 1100 First Avenue, consideration of an opinion and order on conditional use application of Royal Garden LP, 1100 First Avenue, to, per to permit the construction of multifamily apartments structured parking garage and sidewalk construction variances on the KPMU zone property. Um, I would like to comment that there was a hearing on this and the hearing has been closed so we will not be entertaining any additional uh, testimony and we are in the position to take a vote on this. Madam Chair, I'll make the motion to deny the conditional use application. I will second that. Are there any comments from the board? Any comments from the public? Hearing and seeing none, we are in a position to take a vote on this then. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? This denial passes four to zero. And next on our agenda is the, cons is the consent agenda. And this is long, so bear with me. I'll try to get through this as quickly as I can, a lot of items. The first one, financial escrow security release number one, 230 Arden Road subdivision, MJT developers, approval of escrow release number one in the amount of $71,563.80 to MJT developers for the completion of required site improvements to date as part of the subdivision project as recommended by the township engineer. Number two, financial escrow security release number eight, 
for 3700 Horizon Drive, approval of escrow release number eight in the amount of $83,621 to 3700 Horizon Drive Group LP for the completion of required site improvements to date as part of the land development project as recommended by the township engineer. Number three, uh, this is a final release, financial security release number one, 541 Flint Hill Road land development approval of escrow release number one, which is final in the amount of $6,220 to Francis Schultz Jr. for the completion of required site improvements at the development. Number four, and again, a final release, final financial security release number one, UDR Inc. North Gulf and Guthrie Road pedestrian facilities, 500 North Gulf Road, approval of escrow release number one, which is final in the amount of $58,065 to UDR Inc. for the installation of pedestrian crossing facilities at North Gulf Road and Guthrie Road, 140 Valley Green Drive as approved by PennDOT. Number five, professional services agreement, 2023 grant coordination services with Aero Consulting, Consideration of a professional services agreement with Aero Consulting of Westchester, Pennsylvania for grant writing and coordination services for the year 2023 in accordance with the hourly rate schedule listed in the professional services agreement as recommended by the township manager. Number six, Abrams Pump Station, Valley Brook Pump Station, Trout Run Pump Station, upgrade project. Contract payment number one, Blooming Glen Contractors, approval of payment application number one to Blooming Glen Contractors in the amount of $149,809.69 for work completed to date on the upgrade project as recommended by Township Consulting Engineer. Number seven, demolition contract, 473 West Valley Forge Road, approval of a contract with Scavello and Sons of King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, in the amount of $9,893 for the demolition of the residential dwelling on the township property at 473 West Valley Forge Road, as recommended by the township manager and director of public works. Demolition contract, 580 General Knox Road, approval of a contract with Scavello and Sons of King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, in the amount of $8,761 for the demolition of the residential dwelling on the township property at 580 General Knox Road as recommended by the township manager and director of public works. Number nine, demolition contract 180 North Henderson Road, approval of a contract with Scavello and Sons of King of Prussia, Pennsylvania in the amount of $19,690 for the demolition of the former ambulance, ambulance facility on the township property at one 180 North Henderson Road, as recommended by the Township Manager and Director of Public Works. Number 10, Resolution Number 2023-7, Disposition of Personal Property, 2016 Ford Box Ambulance, authorize, Authorization to Sell at an Auction, a used 2016 Ford Box Ambulance with a value of approximately $8,000. Number 11, Resolution Number 2023-9, 2023 Township Fee Schedule Amendment, Sewer Tapping Fees, Approval of Re Resolution Number 2023-9, amending the 2023 Township Fee Schedule to increase the sewer tapping fee as set by the Upper Marion Sanitary and Stormwater Authority to $10,100. Number 12, Authorization to Advertise Proposed Ordinance, South Henderson Road, 
authorization for the proper township officials to advertise a proposed ordinance establishing parking restrictions on South Henderson Road between Shoemaker Road and South Gulf Road. Number 13, authorization to advertise zoning ordinance amendment planning commission review requirement authorization for proper township officials to schedule and advertise a public hearing at the May 11th, 2023 regular business meeting on a proposed ordinance amending the zoning code to require township planning commission review of conditional use applications. Number 14, resolution number 2023-10, Montco 2040 grant, grant application, First, First Avenue Linear Park Lighting Project, authorization for the proper township officials in conjunction with the KOP bid to submit a Montco 2040 grant application for the installation of lighting along the First Avenue Linear Park. Number 15, resignation of Tracy Pasquale from the Library Citizen Board. Number 16, business tax appeal settlement, Burberry LTD, King of Prussia, 444 Madison Avenue, New York, to approve a business and mercantile tax appeal settlement with Burberry LTD, King of Prussia, 44 Madison Avenue, New York, in the amount of $2,906.09 tax penalty for the tax year 2021. Ooh. <laughs> Catch my breath. Um, is there a motion um, coming forward for this? I'll make a motion to approve the consent agenda. Second. And can I make a couple of comments? Please. Okay. Um, number, item number 15, the resignation of Tracy Pasquale from the Library Citizens Board. I just want to acknowledge Tracy's long uh, association with the Library Citizens Board. She's been a super member of that board. I've been the liaison to that board for about 12 years now. And I think she's been on that board the entire time. The reason that she is resigning is that she, the only reason that she's resigning is because she is moving out of the township. And that unfortunately precludes her continuing on that board. So a big thank you and recognition for all her service to the library board. Tracy Pasquale, thank you. Um, two other comments. Um, well, just one other. Number 12, I believe the reason for the ordinance about parking between <coughs> on South Henderson Road. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's because, <coughs> excuse me, between Shoemaker Road and South Gulf Road is because there have been um, significant problems, safety issues with people parking on Henderson and not just parking but on double parking along there. So that is the reason for the amendment to that or for that proposed ordinance. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Any other comments from the board? Yeah, Madam Chair, one, <laughs> one question for Mr. Hamaday. Regarding number 12, are we going to use temporary parking restriction regulations in the interim until we get this passed? Uh, we can, and I can talk to Chief Nolan about putting up temporary no parking just for the time being. It is a state road, Henderson Road. Uh, the state has given us the authority to do those parking restrictions. Um, I hope to have this ready for your action at the April meeting, but I'll talk to Chief Nolan about uh, doing that uh, very quickly, temporary no parking. At least uh, we'll call on the east side because that has that lined shoulder. Yeah. 
Okay, I see no more comments from the board. Is there any comments from the public on the consent agenda items specifically? Okay, hearing and seeing none, we're in the position to take a vote. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Passes four to zero. The next item on our agenda is accounts payable and payrolls. Motion to pay the bills. I'll second. Motion made by Supervisor Wax, second by Supervisor Kenny. Any comments from the public? Time to take a vote. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Passes four to zero. Okay, we are now at the point of additional business. Um, any comments or additional business from Okay. Supervisor Kenny? No. No. Okay. No. No. Okay. No. No. Pardon? Okay. That's okay. I have a couple of things to announce. Uh, first one I'd like to make an announcement about is Earth Day, which is coming up on uh, April 22nd from 11 to 2 at the Township Building Park at the lower level parking lot. A couple things for this event, it's going to, there will be a, a beer garden sponsored by Conshohocken Brewing. There will be live music, crafters, food vendors, games for the family, a free petting zoo, awards ceremony, a meet and greet with adoptable dogs, a bike, and, a, a bike donation and repair service, and the bike donation itself will be held at the Ross Road Field. And in conjunction with Earth Day, there will be the second annual recycling drive-through event, and that will be the day after on Sunday, April 23rd from 11 to 2. Uh, this event is free to the public and is first come, first served, ending at 2 o'clock or when the trucks are, are filled, whichever comes first. The bike collection, which is through Zumo Bike, will continue for the second day of the Earth Day events. And I think we will have time to announce the Earth Day um, events again at uh, next month's meeting, but I just wanted to have everyone put that on your calendar. Another event that's coming up is in partnership with the Schuylkill Action Network and the Schuylkill River Greenway, uh, we will be having another stream and selected street cleanup, which will be held on Friday, March 31st from 2.30 to 5. There is a rain date for the following day, um, for, uh, Yes, for the following day, which is Saturday, April 1st, from 8.30 to 11. The meetup for this will be at the Ross Road Field. Uh, you must sign up through our website, so if you're interested in participating with this, um, uh, go to the website and you can fill out uh, the paperwork that's necessary. After the event is over, uh, the two sponsors for this are Conchahawken Brewing Company and Frosty Falls Ice Cream. They will be doing, um, at the Conchahawken Brewing, they will have uh, be providing one free beer and a discount off of the menu for any of the uh, participants. And Frosty Falls will be offering 15% 15, 15 off of their items on their menu for any of the participants with the cleanup. And another one I wanted to mention is on April 1st from 5.30 to 9 at our King of Prussia Tavern, there will be a Upper Marion Foundation NCAA Final Four Beef and Beer Fundraiser. And all the proceeds from this fundraiser goes towards uh, supporting people in our community who are having financial challenges. And that's part of the efforts of the Upper Marion Township Foundation. You can buy your tickets either at the tavern or you can buy them here at the township building. The cost is $25 if you buy it ahead of time, $30 if you buy it at the door. Um, the box pool cost is $5, and I honestly do not understand what that even means. That, 
It has, I don't even, maybe Supervisor Wax can describe that, but that can only be purchased at the township building, and that's a $5 box pool. I don't even know what it is, so box Supervisor pool. Wax, can you describe that? Yes. Yeah, basically you, you, you pick two numbers. Um, the last, whatever the score is, say the score is 78 to 47 uh, of, of, the, of the basketball, basketball game. Games. So say the score is 78 to 47, you pick, and you have the uh, eight and the seven in a box, which has 100 because there are 100 possibilities, okay. uh, you win. I won't be there because Maryland will be in the final four, uh, and I will go. No, they probably won't. They'll be in the tournament, but they probably won't be in the final four. Otherwise, I will be there. Um, it's 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 entertaining. So, and it actually is, and I it actually is a really good deal because it's twenty five dollars all you can eat and drink, or thirty at the door. So, yeah, for great, and for a great for, cause. For a great cause. Thank you for that explanation. I don't know if I'm a hundred percent on. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> pick my box. Pick my numbers and my favorite numbers. That yeah. <laughs> okay. I hope that I'll be able to attend that myself personally, but okay. And then no other additional business, seeing none. Uh, the next item on our agenda, item 10, is public comment. So I um, will entertain any public comment from people in the audience this evening. No public comment? Motion to adjourn. There's no public comment. Oh. Yes. It's open to the public, yes. And when you come to the podium, please introduce yourself. Uh, John Dano, 750 Hobbs Road in Wayne. Uh, so Mr. Dano, before we start, let's, let me make sure the, the board and Mr. Dano himself is aware of a couple items that have happened over the last 48 hours or so. Uh, Mr. Dano, you're aware uh, that the township, I'm assuming you're here related to the property at 730 Hobbs Road? Yes. And yes. You're, you're aware that the township has issued a notice of violation uh, against that property? Affirmative. And um, you're aware through your correspondence with the Montgomery County Conservation District, I think just today, uh, I think you were advised that the Pennsylvania DEP is, uh, has a policy of seeking compliance for violations under uh, their Chapter 102. Is that your understanding as well? Uh, I got that. I got the email from Jessica Buck. Okay. And uh, she informed you that the, the Conservation District generally permits restoration of damaged areas because it's up to the conservation district to, to enforce those matters through the DEP. Is that your understanding? Oh, I did. Yes, I understand what you, okay. I asked her for a code, and that's, yeah. I, I, got, I got an answer okay. that, then, that you just gave me. And you're, you agree with me also that you've probably spent hours with the township manager on this matter this week alone, correct? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you have. Sure. And currently, uh, there's a number of right to know requests that you filed that are still outstanding, is that correct? I have many RTKs that are outstanding, correct. yes. And um, in earlier today, you emailed the township manager indicating uh, 
that you believe he's engaging in partisan political activities, that he's tricked you, and that he was instrumental in creating the current problems. That's yes, I did. Okay. So just so the board's aware that there's three outstanding matters related to this property. There's the, the underlying notice of violation. There is these numerous right to know requests that the township is still responding to. And there are these accusations against township staff, which do indicate potential future litigation. So because of those three items, I'd advise certainly to permit Mr. Dano to make his comments. And looks like he has some items that he'd like to hand up to you. And that's certainly fair. And he's ability to do that. But I would recommend you don't engage him by uh, answering any of his questions while these matters are still outstanding due to potential litigation uh, underlying this matter. Um, and uh, you may recall this matter being before you last year with Mr. Dano being here. And Mr. Dano, you'd agree with me that you were here last year sort of complaining about issues with the actual plan for that property that were submitted uh, and whether or not that plan itself uh, exceeded the limits of disturbance that were shown, correct? Yes, that's and, correct. And certainly you, you believe that the plan exceeded the disturbances and we had some discussions and our engineers looked at it and our, our, our view was that the plan did not exceed those limits, correct? That's correct. Now you'd, under, you'd agree with me now that the current issue is more about the construction activities themselves that exceeded what was shown on that plan. Would you agree with that? Yes, I agree okay. with that. And that's why the notice of violation was issued. Is that under your understanding? Yes. So you'd agree with me that the issues really today are different than the issues that were here when you were here before? No, I don't agree with that. Okay, you, but before it was with the plan, but now it's with the activities. That's what you just said. No, it was last year when I was here. We brought up the plan. There was a purple shaded area. You could put it up now if you'd like. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, the purple shaded area is quite extensive. It's big. It's 6,400 and almost 60 feet, which at that time, it was, uh, you know, I was claiming that there was earth disturbance in that area. Now, I mean, there, there was a, a, uh, a notice pointing to that area, which Mr. Hamaday uh, claimed that all of that area was noxious plants and that debris that the neighbors had thrown on that property. So, that's so, quite, quite so, a large property. I mean, quite a large area. So, so that's your, your, your issue yesterday was, or last time, was the disturbance related to whether or not that clearing was earth disturbance or, or not. Right. So that's, is that what brings you back to the board here today? Well, it, I mean... That, that, that's my, the question. It, right, so I'm just, yeah. just going okay. to turn it over to you. Yeah to provide the comment, and again, it is public comment. Yes. Please address any comments you have to the board. But yes. really, related, we don't need to hash out what the issues were last time. And again, we're on the same page for all the items we went through. So I'm just gonna ask you to provide you know, the comment that you'd like to make to the board. Okay. Well, I think most, most of what I've prepared here I think you guys have already seen most every most all that I've had to present. And referring to comments that were made at the last board meeting, I was told that if this project does come to exceed an acre, 
Miss um, Kenny spoke directly to me saying that it would require an NPDES permit. But Mr. Dana, isn't, isn't that why we issued the notice of violation? No, do you no? You see, you're making. You're, you're, I, I'm going to read you the notice of violation that no, says no, I, that you've that, that you're violated. Excuse me. Yeah. That you, it says that you that you exceeded the approved limits of disturbance, which is a violation of the stormwater and grading permit issue for the property. So that's what the issue was that we issued the violation for. So did, would you rather the board not have issued that notice of violation? No. Oh, okay. No, so, I want the violation. Okay. So, so what is your comment? What? Well, uh, Upper Marion Township Code is very specific, and it does not uh, contain any contingencies. It says you shall, if you exceed one acre, you shall get a, an NPDES permit. There's nothing else after that. It doesn't say option two, option three, option four. And Mr. Walks at the last meeting told me explicitly how we are bound by code. Now, again, isn't that the situation that we just discussed last time we were discussing the plan? And if the plan does exceed the limits of disturbance and they're going to build according to that plan, yes. yeah, they would have to acquire uh, the NPDES permit. But um, the plan doesn't exceed the limits. What Maybe plan construction activity. Can you show me a plan that doesn't exceed limits? The plan that was presented to the board before was, was within the limits. That, yeah, that's yes, what we it discussed was. last yes, time. It was. So it, Mr. Dano, yeah. uh, you, and again, I, I thought that we were just clear that you would agree with me that you're speaking with the conservation district, Ms. Buck, just this morning. Mm -hmm. she, she informed you that, it's, it, that the conservation di district seeks compliance of these violations and permits restoration of those damaged areas. That's the conservation districts telling you that. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So that's the conservation district. And you understand they're different than the township, correct? Yes, I okay. do. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So just make sure we understand that because it seemed like you were trying to imply that, that either the board can issue the NPDES permit or the board can force someone to obtain an NPDES permit when they're not desiring to exceed an acre of disturbance. Is that what you're saying? Are you saying that they're not desiring to? I, I'm saying it's up to the applicant to determine whether or not they're going to. I think the, uh, I think the uh, current violation was not, uh, it, it was not an accidental uh, occurrence. It was very intentional. And the, I mean, there are no limit stakes on the property at the time. I feel like that's a violation of code. For which a notice of violation was issued. Okay. Okay. Right. And uh, so there's not a disagreement with that. I mean, that violation was issued. Yes. Okay. Now my question is, what is the code, the Upper Marion Code, that addresses the one acre violation. Can, is, can you pull that up and read it, put it on a board? I, I, I have it written down here if you, if you would I, like, I, I, but I, I, I'm, I'm just, like I said, Mr. Walks told me at the last meeting I attended that the township is bound to follow code. Right, which, which is why the notice of violation, a code violation was issued by the township. No, could, if you would, you want me to read the code to you? Do I want you to read 
the, the, ta- the, the township code. I want you to provide public comment to the board. So, so again, if, what is your comment? My comment is the township is not following code. The code spe- is very specific about when someone violates an acre of disturbance. The code is very specific. It doesn't add the option to go ask the conservation district if, if we could do X, Y, and Z and give them a second chance and, you know, let's bring the plan in. It, it's very, this code, our codes are very specific. Like I said, I, 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 I know what, how to read a code and I know what shall means. And, and when the code is very specific and it says you shall obtain an NPDES permit. It didn't say you shall go contact Jessica Buck. It said you shall issue an, an NPDES permit. But, but and, you're, and I believe you're agree that, that the township, Kenny told me Mr. that. Mr. Dana, we just, we just understood and, that the, the township does not issue NPDES permits. Do you understand that? What, now, in, in, in Carol Kenny's testimony at the last meeting, she said we will ask or we, or we will demand an NPDES permit. So I, and and again, if, 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 if there is a project that is exceeding, uh, and they're, they're going to, the situation here is they exceeded that limit of disturbance. Right. The violation says that in line with the conservation district, you can either restore it to be back within the, that under one acre, or you can obtain an NPDES permit. I'm not sure what the applicant's going to do. Maybe they're going to get their NPDES permit, or they're going to have to go back under one acre. Either way, they will then be in compliance. Would you agree with me that if they're under one acre, they'd be in compliance? If they were, but they and are And you'd not. agree with me if they obtained an NPDES permit, they'd be in compliance, correct? I agree that okay, if Okay, so those are the two options that they have to bring them into compliance, and that's exactly what the conservation district is telling you they need to do, and that the conservation district's policy is to allow them to do that. Do you understand? Is that your understanding from the email you received this morning? No, I understand. Okay. So, Ms. your comment is that you think the township is not following their codes. We understand that. That's your comment. Is there any other comments you'd like to make? Well, I'd like to... I, I, w- I would think that Mr. Hamaday reports to the Board of Supervisors. Is it, is that not a fact? He is hired by and serves at will of the Board of Supervisors, correct. Right. He's the Township Manager. I understand. And he spent hours with you this week, and so as the, I think, the Zoning Officer, the Engineer, the Solicitor, uh, multiple staff have spent hours of work responding to, to your complaints, your matters, and your right to know requests, which is your right to do so. Okay. Can I address the board? I already asked you to provide comment to the board. Yes. I would ask Carol Kenny, did you? Again, you make your public comments. We understand your comment. Your comment is that you don't believe that the board is following the code that's written. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. Any other comments you'd like to make? I'm not, I've instructed this board not to answer any questions based upon the threatened litigation you've made and the underlying litigation or notice of violation. Uh, but again, you feel free to make your comment. Any other comments besides the following the code comment? Well, I guess, I guess 
uh, you know, we're at a standstill here because we, we're in a township that has a code book that really doesn't mean anything. But that, you understand a notice of violation means a violation of the code. Do you understand that? That's what a notice of violation is. And then there's a, there's a code that is supposed to be enforced during... Well, that's you that's what the notice of violation does, Mr. Dano. No, no, that isn't what the violation... So what does the notice of violation do? What is it a violation of? What, it's a violation of the one-acre rule. What, what does a notice of violation provide a landowner with the notice that they violated? It, they violated a one-acre rule. Uh, which is in the code. Right. We, yes, and okay. it is. It is also uh, is, is, in the violation. Is it noted that they are uh, substantially in excess of thirty percent of slope? It says that they've exceeded their approved limits of disturbance, uh, which is a violation of the stormwater and grading permit issued for the property. Right. So. So they uh, they are going to uh, are we going to require. This is just a question. Are they going to require uh, the new grading permit, stormwater, and all, ENS, plus we need a, a steep slope plan that has to be revised, correct? We're going to have to see. We're going we to have to see? Yeah, we're going to have to see what they come up with to, to remedy the situation. Uh, maybe they're going to get an NBDS permit. But if they're going in the steep slopes, our engineers are going to have to look see if they're disturbed, see if there's outside the limit of disturbances, and we'll make a proper evaluation. But again, it's the steep slopes issue is a little bit different than the, the limit of disturbance issue. I understand that they're outside the limit of disturbance, but with, with the limit of disturbance issue being enforced by the conservation district, there seems like from the email that was provided to me today from your prompting of the questions that they're going to allow uh, voluntary compliance uh, to allow them to come back into compliance with being under an acre. Mm -hmm. so. uh, this is a, pr a pretty deep subject, but I think I'm, w I'm wasting your time and my time. And... Just another, uh, one more time in front of the board with very disappointing results. And that's my comment. And All right. Thank you, Mr. Dana. Any additional comments? My name is Dan Costello. I'm the owner of 730 Hobbs Road. Um, I don't have any questions, uh, just a statement. Uh, I just want to provide a little context. Um, I don't, uh, I'm not in contact with the board um, to give a lot of the details and the behind the scenes. Um, Me and my family want to move into this, this home here, and we think it's a great neighborhood. And we really don't want to cause a scene or to get into arguments or battles with any of our neighbors. And 
we believe that we have gone through considerable lengths to try to do everything we could to appease everyone, try to, try to do the best we could. Um, currently, some of the neighbors are, they're um, beyond just putting up roadblocks, they are trespassing on my land, my property. They are flying personal aircraft, and I am not just talking about drones over my property, surveying me. We've had to call the police because people have sat there and harassed me, the workers, and threatened us. And now, this, this township and the building codes are being used as a weapon to harass me and my family. And I don't know what else I'm going to do. I don't know what else I can do. I'm doing everything I can um, to the point of the violation as, as every other time, we will comply and do whatever it is that the township feels is necessary. Um, that's all I have to say. Uh, and, and I don't know if the board should respond again because of that outstanding notice of violation, but Mr. Cassell, I, I would say, and this applied to, I guess, to Mr. Dano's comment as well, from my conversations with, with the manager or with the zoning officer when something comes up that the only thing that the, the township has been trying to do in the situation is, you know, call balls and strikes as they are. And uh, if we believe there is a violation, we're going to proceed with the violation. If we don't believe that the code supports the violation, we're not going to pursue a violation if it's not supported by the code, nor, nor could we. So we're going to continue to look at the facts, going to continue to look at the codes, and we're going to act accordingly. And uh, that's all we can do. That's our jobs to do that. I, I understand that. Right. I'm just here to provide context. We understand. Thank you. Please introduce yourself when you come to the podium. My name is John Harris. I've been a resident in Upper Marion all my life and I currently reside at 720 Hobbs. <clears throat> I, we share a neighbor, where we share a driveway with our new neighbor, Dan Costella. And uh, I, I just felt obligated to speak tonight because we're very much looking forward to Dan and Lisa and the rest of his family, his three kids, to move in. They're wonderful people. We've known them now for going on to two years. Uh, when they first tried to buy the property, they knocked on all our doors and just said, introduced themselves, said they wanted to buy the land and, and build a beautiful home in there. And they've done nothing but tried to build that beautiful home. Hobbs Road is an interesting road because half of it is in Upper Marion. And as soon as you go across the street, you're in TA. And so by my count, there's about three homes, one of them represented by Mr. Dano, 
that are totally against this and throwing up every roadblock to your point, spending hours and hours of the township's time. But there's many, many more neighbors that are all for this that know Dan and Lisa quite well at this time because they're already involved with our community. They come to our cornhole league that we hold. Uh, we've had block parties that they've helped organize and run and set up uh, activities for the kids. So they're as entrenched in the neighborhood now as they can be not even living there. So we're just even more excited that that one day and hopefully quickly that they will be there. Uh, I also want to personally thank Dan and, and the, the architects and designers that, that laid out the site along with the uh, code enforcement people because we used to have a water problem in that area. Water would run down the driveway and, and it it's basically leads to a valley which my property shares and goes into an Upper Marion residence that's down, I think it's Red Terrace Road, the cul-de-sac that my property is now totally dry. Uh, that basement uh, that used to be flooded, every rain is now dry. And so we're very thankful for what's been done so far. Uh, and again, many, many more people, some of that people can't even speak because they live in the TA. Um, so I, I did wanna just talk about the construction. Everybody in this room, everybody watching right now at some point built their house or the owners before us built their house. It's just a mess. It's construction site. There's noise, you know, it, it's mud, it's, it's a mess. We're living with that right now. And with every delay that, that these three neighbors put up, that's more mud, more noise, more mess that we have to live with on a daily basis. Now, the opposite of that is Dan and Lisa do everything they can to mitigate that. I've seen Dan on many, many occasions when it rains come out with a push broom and go up and down our 1,200 foot driveway pushing mud off to the side just so it's nice when my wife drives home. So when he says he's bending over backwards to do things for us and the neighbors, he truly is. He's literally out there with a push broom pushing mud. Uh, so when we talk about these delays and the hours of talk, I try not to get involved because I do believe that people have a right to buy property. They have a right to go through the approval process and get the approvals that they've gotten and then build a beautiful home. Like that's kind of the American dream. That's why we all ended up in Upper Marion at one point or another. And so these delays are just delaying the mess and the noise that we're trying to get past, that the neighborhood is trying to get past so we can get back to a beautiful home and a beautiful landscape property. Uh, so I wonder what the end game is here when we spend these hours at this township listening to what's going on. Uh, and I know you have to be patient. I know you have to, to listen. And, and the Upper Marion has always been wonderful with listening to the residents. But at some point, the end game is not going to be that the house is coming down. You know, it's there. It's not going to be that we're going to kick these wonderful people by the curb and kick them out of our township. That's not the end game. So I would just love to urge that we get rid of these delays, get rid of all these, the, the nonsense that's going on, and get this wonderful family in their home. We, the neighbors, the majority, the overwhelming majority, are looking forward to them being there. So I would appreciate anything that we can do to make that possible for them. Thank you. Any additional public comment? Motion to adjourn. Second. All in favor? Aye. Meeting adjourned. It is 
9, 17. 